Blog Talk Radio. everyone. Welcome. I'm Minister Ginger London. Welcome to the Ginger London Show. I'm so excited that you're joining us on tonight. We have a very exciting show planned, a very exciting guest that's going to be on with us on tonight. So as you know, we are celebrating women. We're continuing on from the month of March, and we are closing out. This is our final show, and we saved the best for last, I would like to say. Um, met her a couple of years ago, and I'm just excited that she's able to come on tonight. Her name is Marcella Moore. So I'm just elated that she's here. So we're going to open up with a word of prayer, and I'll tell you a little bit about her, and I'll let her greet you, and we'll get right into tonight's show. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on this evening. We bless your name. We just honor you. And we just thank you for this opportunity to come before the people, Father God, with a right now word. We just thank you that two are better than one and that we can share in each other's success. We can lift each other up, encourage each other, give credit where it is due, and that's what we want to do on tonight, to give credit where it is due for all the hard work and labor that Marcella has put into the earth to accomplish the things that she's accomplished. We thank you for it, Lord God, and we just bless your name. Now, for all of those who have an ear to hear, what you're going to be saying on tonight, I pray that they hear and they become motivated, inspired, encouraged, Father God, as they are either survivors or striving to be survivors. And, Father God, and if they need to learn more about relationships, we thank you. We believe by faith that is done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So once again, welcome. I want to tell you just a little bit about our special guest on tonight, Marcella D. Moore. She's affectionately known as Cella D., and she has been inspiring and empowering individuals for more than two decades. She is an inspirational speaker, minister, motivator, mentor, author, CEO, and founder of Motivate and Pray Incorporated. By means of teleconferences and live events, she uplifts, mem- uplifts members of her audience with powerful words that inspire them to reach new heights. She is known to her audience as the reminder motivator, and life giver. She serves as a minister at the Abundant Life Family Worship Church under the leadership of Bishop George and Pastor Mary Seawright. Uh, she facilitates a weekly Motivate and Pray Empowerment Call and the monthly uh, Caring for the Caregiver Support Call. Both teleconference calls serve as a resource for motivation, inspiration, empowerment, encouragement, and prayer. She is also a three-time Amazon best-selling author. Her professional career includes more than 30 years in the corporate world as manager, director, and account executive. Marcella has uh, volunteered 
volunteers, volunteers with various organizations in the community. Some that are dear to her heart includes domestic violence and teen mentoring. mentoring. She is also a veteran of the United States Army. And I am extremely excited because on tonight, she's going to be talking about and teaching us on I Survived, which is her chapter in, the, in her new book collaboration. Uh, and she will also be talking to us about the importance of a relationship. Welcome, Marcella, to the show. Give you just a minute. I want you to just say hello to the listening audience. God bless you, Minister Ginger. I am so happy Blessings. to be here. Greetings to everyone who is listening um, to us tonight. Amen, amen. And so I'm very, very excited. It looks like you've done a whole lot since the last time we talked. You know, there's been some more things added, you know, to uh, your repertoire, if you will, or your bio. It's a lot, but it's exciting to uh, hear and see uh, people that you connect with do great things. So, Briefly tell us about your journey in life. My journey in life, I am the oldest of four. I have three siblings. I'm the oldest of Pearl and Jesse Moore's, um, I guess, legacy that they've left in the earth. I am the mother of my favorite daughter, Jessamy, who is 28, getting ready to turn 29, and my favorite son, Elisha, who is 24, getting ready to 25. Um, I'm the oldest grandchild of my my grandmother who is still living. She's 92 years old. And my journey has been that of um, understanding um, mistakes, wisdom, learning. Um, I was married for almost 20 years, and, and at that time I thought that my marriage was going to last forever. My ex-husband and I, we did ministry um all over the country, and we taught on prayer, and we taught on intercession, and I never thought that um, I would be standing here today or sitting here today as a single uh, mother, as a single woman. My journey um, has taught me a lot. As a little girl, I was energetic. I was ready to save the world. Um, I just, I was upbeat. I always had this ability and gift to bring people together and to just make them excited. Um, I've had many ups and I've had many downs, um, but my journey has birthed in me a message that says that um, it is necessary for me to be a part of my own rescue, to embrace my own journey, to live on purpose, and to love myself to life. So my journey is that just which I say that I'm a, a, a lifelong learner, a student, um, and this journey has been um, its been amazing, even with all of the disappointments and the letdowns and the things that I don't understand. Um, it's just taught me a lot. I've had uh, amazing relationships, amazing friendships, amazing opportunities. Um, my children are wonderful. Um, I've learned about uh, to embrace the support of those who do embrace me and not focusing on the ones who don't. Um, God has added uh, some special family in my life who are not a part of my bloodline. So my journey has just been um, growing up and, and learning about the power of God in my life and just understanding that um, my yes to him opens up a path and a place and a position in earth that will literally um, leave my voice in this earth long after I'm no longer here. So it's just it's been an awesome journey of motherhood, um, singlehood, uh, um, 
caregiver, just a minister, um, employee, CEO, nonprofit founder. It's just been, you know, a great, great journey and, you know, honoring God as I go. Amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, as, you know, leading prayer, being in ministry, you know, never thought that you would be uh, a, a single again. You know, and I think a lot of people in the body of Christ, you know, have a tendency, and I don't know if you've seen this in the body of Christ, you know, we're still human in the body of Christ, even though we have this spiritual experience that we're living in. I've seen married couples in the body of Christ, you know, things don't always work out. Um, mm-hmm. the way that you, you know, envision, a way that you believe for. And sometimes people get um, stagnated, if you will, stumped in life because they have to go through a divorce and then they start feeling guilty and they start, you know, wondering if it was, you know, maybe did I pray enough? Did I fast enough? You know, did I hang in there long enough? You know, what could I have done, you know, to make the person stay or, you know, make it right? I mean, you know, so on your journey, have you – embarked upon couples that maybe didn't, the marriage didn't last and somebody felt similar to that? Absolutely, and I'm number one in line for that. Um, At my age, I was 21 when I got married and had been in, I guess, had gave my heart to the Lord maybe three years before that. And at that time, I'll be 56 in January. So at that time, you know, everybody, they encouraged the the people in the church always taught us it's better to marry than to burn. And so there were so many of us, we were getting married at a young age. So it wasn't anything for us to be getting married at the age of 20 or 21. And then, you know, so that's what we got. So there were a group of us who did get married at that age. And I can say half of them, um, stayed together and half of them did not. Many of them went on to have second marriages, but then there's a few of us that are still out here um, and and we're still single. And when I talk about those of us who got married at the age of 21, we didn't separate or get divorced like five years later, six years later. You talk about after being married for 20 years and 25 years and all of that, and all of us in the church knowing God, know, doing ministry, and all of that. And, of course, for me, when, when it happened for me, uh, my ex-husband had a, a child outside of our marriage. So when that happened, I felt like I was just standing on a deserted, deserted island naked with two children, one on the right and one on the left, and not understanding what happened because I was like, God, this was not supposed to happen to me. This was not how it, you know, it was supposed to go. And then, okay, we pray and we teach it on prayer. Why didn't I know? Why didn't I hear? Why didn't you tell me, God? You know, so my my situation and many people and many of my friends who I talk to, men and women, not only do we go to ourselves in terms of what we did wrong or what we could have done differently, then we begin to question God. And it's like, you know what? And even from that time, for me, I, I I tried to continue moving in God the way that I did, and then eventually I got to the point, and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I've met my quota as it pertains to ministry and all of that. I still love you. Um, I'll talk to people. If somebody needs me to pray for them, I'll do that. But this whole ministry thing, I met my quota, and I am no longer interested. Therefore, you can have it back. So, yes, there are a lot of Mm -hmm. people who feel that way. 
Absolutely. And I know that, you know, for us as believers, sometimes, you know, certain things that we go through in life, it really is a struggle and a challenge because of what we've been taught in the body of Christ. And, you know, and sometimes our interpretation of scripture, you know, um, and we don't sometimes take into account the the things that happen in the natural, you know, um, and, and we may want it to work out and it just doesn't, you know, work out. So, um as a professional woman, what has been your journey as an African-American professional woman? I know it's been a long journey or an exciting one, as you said. What has that journey been like? It's, the journey for me was good. It's, it's kind of like threefold for me because initially as a young woman getting out of high school, going into the military, coming home, um, getting, I started getting, I went to school for a little while, but it was God's favor was always on me. And I began to get jobs that the most people my age did not get. And so I did really well um, in my earlier years of employment, but then when I got married, you know, they taught us in the church that, you know, you have to respect your husband and you do what your husband wants. And, you know, so we, I, I continued to work, but then there were a lot of changes that uh, my husband wanted to do. He wanted to move to a different state. I moved to a different state. I did all of that. And I always found myself being in these positions where I had to question um, what I was going to do because now I'm a, I'm a married woman and then I can't really go higher than, you know, how my husband is moving and what my, my husband is doing. And, again, this is way back in the in the late 80s and the early 90s, and I don't think that mindset, I don't see that mindset as often as I did back then because I think we're a lot more wiser and, and men are wiser too in terms of what they uh, expect from their wives. So I've always had, in the beginning, I had a great, I've always had great opportunities. Um, when I lived in Atlanta, I, I went from being an, a receptionist to an account executive. That's like six positions of promotions at a Japanese steamship line that was predominantly um, Caucasian male. So that really uh, helped me in that arena, and I really didn't have any challenges. But then as I went on and and um, got a little wiser in terms of what I really wanted to do, no longer married, I did find myself in situations where as a black woman that a lot of the challenges that I had didn't come from outside of my race. It came from people who looked like me, and in particular women. And it took me a long time to be able to overcome that because I, I used to be so broken and and I didn't understand it because you know it would be the women that I worked with who I told shared my life with who I smiled with and different things like that and God really had to get me in a process where I no longer questioned who I was and who what I thought but the moment I began to remember who I was and understand who I am I accepted the fact that the things that they do that were not um beneficial to me and the different things that they said. It wasn't about me. It was about the things that they were dealing with in their lives. And it took me a long time to realize that, but that's what it was. So God has blessed me over the years in terms of uh, different uh, positions that I've had, but I have been, the, the most of the challenges that I, I have had in my professional career have been with black women. But a lot of that had to do with their issues, 
but a lot of it was me not really understanding and knowing who I was. And then when I really began to know who I am and my confidence level increased, then I no longer have those issues. And I say glory to God for that. Amen, amen, amen. Um, and, and some of that sometimes has to do with a lot. It goes back to what you said, like being in the early 80s and 90s, what we've been taught, you know. Sometimes people behave. I've noticed that people behave the way they've taught to behave, you know. We tell um you know, people have been told, you know, you can't trust the, uh, you can't trust uh, black women on a job, or you know, don't trust your coworkers, especially if they're black, you know. And so we have a tendency to feed off of that, maybe even if we don't want to. And then until we grow up and mature, we we feed and we respond, we feed on it and then respond off of it. And then when we get older and become wiser, as you said, we start realizing, you know what, there's a better way to handle uh, these situations, especially. If you've had enough jobs or if you've been in a job, on a job long enough to have worked there for a number of years to find out that, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what color you are, people are people, you know, and because uh, I've been in, in on jobs where I've been the only black female and there were no other black females to come against me. Other um, races did that. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. – we, you know, sometimes we can, it's something that we can be learned because our aunties and our grandmothers and all of them pass some things down to us and we take them on even when we're not even on a job. And we take, I've heard young people, 20 something years old, say that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's generational, you know. So, yes. Um, yeah, go ahead. Did you want to say something? No, I said you're exactly right. It's definitely okay. generational. And that yeah. a lot of things that, that we allowed our, um, uh, the older ones to tell us a lot of times that there are people who still hold on to that, but then we have to be willing to search out stuff for ourselves and look at life for ourselves and then determine if that's something that we should carry on because there are a lot of things that I remember being a little girl and uh, I would hear the older women say, the best way to get rid of a, uh, to get over a man is to get another one. And I remember hearing that over and over and over again. They used to say that all the time, but I, that's not something that I passed down to my daughter. Exactly. And when you come into that knowledge, I mean, you're, that's the challenge. Can I, can I release that old school kind of thinking and embrace truth, you know, or am I going to hang on to that and continue to carry that, you know, into my adulthood for many, many years to come, you know, having that, that mindset that doesn't produce any fruitful living for me. So uh, in that, have you um, found that what you've struggled with to be common among, uh, just among the same struggle among women, whether it's in ministry, the workplace, or just, yeah. Absolutely. I think that, um, it's a common one con- common denominator that we have across the board with women, and especially women with color, is that uh, my girlfriend Donna Izzard talks about it a lot: identity. And and when we don't know who we are, and we um, lack the self value and the self worth and all of that, there you know it, we're open for all of the negative energy that just bounces back around us all the time. And I know just like I mentioned earlier on in terms of when my marriage failed, the first thing I did is I went to me. What did I do wrong? And, and I must have done this, and I didn't say this right. I didn't move this way. And that, that went on and on and 
And because I did that, I spent so much time trying to convince my ex-husband that, you know, I was the one he wanted and he really didn't want that. But if I believe that, if now this is going back and thinking about it, if I loved myself and honored myself and respected myself at time, I wouldn't have caused all those conversations to come because those conversations, the outcome was always pain and hurt that I experienced. Mm-hmm. So in and, and, and conversations with women my age, women older, uh, younger women who I find in similar situations, and I see them responding in the same way. And, my, you know, what I say to them, the wisdom that I give them is to honor and love themselves and, and, and allow that to be processed before you allow the guilt, because I dealt with the guilt, the shame, the embarrassment, all of that, and it followed me for a long time, and I tried to hide it. You know, that's even worse when you're walking around smiling and grinning and acting mm-hmm. like everything is wonderful and you're dying on the inside. So, yes, it's very common. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of people have conversations over and over again, but the conversations only result in more pain and more hurt and disillusionment, you know, in that. you I've seen from some of my family members, male and females, you know, go through this, they're struggling in a relationship and they keep constantly having these conversations, but the conversations always end up in more pain, you know, uh, more disillusionment, more denial, you know, and not only that, you know, it also ends up in more embarrassment and more hurt because I'm having these conversations, but they're unfruitful. In the conversation, it sounds like it's fruitful, but the end result after the conversation is over and, you know, it's 24 hours later, two days later, then it results in pain because maybe in that conversation, that person, one person is genuine, the other person is not, you know, or, you know, or in that conversation, I'm pouring out my heart and somebody else is over-spiritualizing it. And so now I'm feeling guilty about, you know, expressing my true feelings, you know, what I'm going through, how I feel about it. You know, I can't really, you know, this is taking a toll on me. You know, this relationship is really weighing me down. It's heavy. I can't, I feel like I can't breathe. And then somebody comes behind that statement and says, oh, just pray. So now I think I'm supposed to just go pray and I don't do anything else. And guess what? There's no resolution to the emotional pain that I'm in experiencing and now I, I'm, I'm okay I prayed but nothing happened you know or I prayed and I had another conversation and now the pain is even worse because nobody gives me action steps to consider taking you know when we tell people pray oh just pray about it you know but we don't give them action steps or we don't say okay you know what your decision but let me give you some scenarios so you can make the the right decision, a wise decision. You know, is it wise to stay in this relationship? Is it wise to still be connected to this person? You know, here's what's going on. I'm looking from the outside in. You're looking from your emotions on your sleeve. Here's what I see, you know. And so I think we're challenged as believers to be, you know, the word, the word of God says, speak the truth in love that you might grow up in him. And that we're challenged to speak the truth in love to people, even when they don't want to hear it. You know, still their decision, but don't let it be said. Well, I asked you, you didn't tell me anything. You just told me pray. I have a family member that's struggling right now. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and I think that's one of the the biggest reasons for that, because the spirit of 
offense is so strong and it's so strong amongst believers now. And it's like people get to the point is like, you know, they want to say something and then they go say something, then people get offended and then it, it turns into something else. And that's because people are not really dealing with their stuff or how they really feel. So because they choose not to go beyond the surface and then when somebody comes up and says something, even when they say, please tell me the truth, and when you tell the truth, that spirit of offense comes, and a lot of people go into isolation just from the spirit of offense alone. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know you're going to talk a little bit more about all of that. So tell us about your work as an author. Um, my work as an author, I have been blessed to be a part of four collaborations. Um, the first one is Big Blessings. Um, big, big belief and blessings, and this my chapter in there talks about the conception of my nonprofit organization, my nonprofit organization slash ministry, uh, motivate and pray. And my chapter in that one was called um, my my fear. My favorite was my fear, and I just talked about how out of my mouth I was saying something that I loved so much and I wanted to do, but on the inside I was very fearful about doing it, and I continued to hide it until I met with someone who caused my baby to leap, and then I took a step of faith in doing what I do, and because I was obedient and and ready to release fear that I have um, the ministry by the grace of God that I move in today. Uh, The other one is on the Diary of a People Pleaser, and I just talked in there um, about, and and most of my conversation has a lot to do with um, my failed marriage. Why I don't expand um, on it in all of the books in the same level, but that was a situation that really taught me a lot. It was a situation that um, was a huge part of me. And when I talk about the diary, in the diary of people pleasing, I talked about how even during that time, I did not say anything to a lot of people because I was so concerned about what the people would think. On my right, I'm hearing people saying, oh, when something happens in the marriage, you can't go. you got to stay because if you leave, you're going to let the, the devil win. And then on the other side, the people who are close to me, my girlfriends, are saying, uh-uh, you don't have to deal with that. No, walk away, leave. So then you go and back and forth because you want to please your girlfriends over here who don't want you, you don't want to think that you're weak or the ones over here that want you, you don't want them to think that that you give a place to the devil. So my chapter in there talks a lot about the uh, people-pleasing aspect and, and some of the things to do in terms of releasing yourself from that state of being and even getting to the core. Um, some of the other co-authors talked about getting to the core of why, why we feel that we have to please people. Um, the third one is um, after life, and mine is uh, the aftermath, I'm sorry, and mine is called Life After Divorce, and there I really do talk about um, some of the process and the journey that pertains to uh, my marriage breaking down and becoming a single mother and, and walking it out and how I moved from where I was to where I really wanted to be. And then the last one um, that we just, I had to launch last week was on survival, um, I am a survivor, and I'll talk more about that when I share. Um, one re- and I do have one standalone, which was um, 
built from or birthed from a collaboration that I did many years ago, and it's called uh, No Ordinary Love, The Power of Self-Love. I now have that as a standalone book, but it is a chapter that I did in the anthology some time ago. And one reason that I choose to uh, be a part of the collaborations and the anthologies is because I believe it allows my voice um, it, to expand in other areas and other arenas that I may not necessarily um, go to. And I've had the pleasure and the honor of meeting uh, people that I never probably wouldn't have contacted outside of these collaborations. So I'm I'm excited that I have them. I'm excited because um, doing so has has definitely given me an, an opportunity to have a voice in the earth, and I can successfully say that I am an author and that when I am no longer here, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, all of them will be able to say this was my grandma's or my great-grandma's book. So that's my my um my story about um the books that I've written and the uh, the collaborations that I've been a part of. Amen, amen. So I'm excited. I'm sure the listening audience is as well because we've been posting, posting, posting about what you're going to teach on. So I'm going to go ahead and turn this segment of the show over to you mm-hmm. uh, to talk to us about. Um, the chapter in the new collaboration, and also on um, the importance of relationships. So this is your time. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Minister Ginger. I love um, being here with you tonight. And one thing that I didn't say when uh, I started talking tonight, I do want to thank you because from afar you have been one of my mentors and I have had the opportunity of taking uh, advantage of some of the um, the uh, trainings and workshops that you've done over the years. And I mentioned this to you the last time I was on, the one that you did many, many, many years ago, <laughs> you were doing this one, when other people weren't even doing it, when you did Got to Get My Life Together. I'm not sure if that's the, the correct gotta name, get myself but it was together. something uh-huh. like that. Got to Get Myself Together. And together. I found that, and I I participated in that with you, and um, it really helped me at that time. I don't remember exactly where I was in that at that time, but I just remember that um, working with you during that time really helped me, and it really blessed me along the way. And then we recently did something, and it was just, you know, a blessing, and I, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate what I know about you. I appreciate your integrity, Um, everything that you put out, everything that you do. Every time I've had an opportunity to work with you, it's just been full of wisdom, integrity, uh, character, and everything. So I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful that although our connection is limited in a sense, it's a limited connection that is valuable, is worthy, and I am so grateful to God that I've had the opportunity to work with you and to even share on your programs uh, this second time. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. I'm just humbled by that. It's such a blessing to be able to hear the impact and influence that I have on on someone else's life. And it's just really, truly a blessing to hear that. So thank you so much for empowering me and encouraging me with those words. I thank you. And, and I am blessed 
that you made the time to be able to come onto the show and to be able to share your gift with us. That's what's a blessing. So I become the learner now. <laughs> so it's yours. You can... <laughs> well, I take pleasure in um, when I do my my um, empowerment calls. I introduce myself. I say, "Hello, this is Marcella D. Moore, the life giver, the reminder, and the motivator." And I'm so grateful to be able to be in a position when I do share to be able to remind the listening audience of so many things as it pertains to the amazing God that we serve. Um, I'm encouraged that I have an opportunity through my voice to motivate you to move from where you are to where you really want to be. And I just, I'm, I'm grateful that I can be a reminder, I can be a, a motivator, and I'm just, I'm grateful to God just for my voice alone. And I say that because there was a time in my life where I thought that my voice did not matter. I felt as though I did not have anything to say. I thought that the words that I spoke were not powerful enough to um ignite someone. I did not understand that uh, God created me to be a life giver in the earth, and simply because I am connected to the main life giver himself, our God the Father, our Savior Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, I'm so grateful that through them um, I can have a voice and my voice can uh, penetrate because of the anointing and the power that flows through me because of him. Now, I'm saying all of this because I want you all to understand. Uh, I'm going to share with you a little bit tonight of my chapter in um, this recent book collaboration called I Survived. But in in order to understand uh, my testimony, in order to understand how I continue to survive, in order to understand how I continue to overcome the different challenges that I face in my life today, you have to understand the power of relationship. We understand the power of relationships with ladies when it comes down to the men, and if men are listening to this, we understand the power of relationships when it comes down to a woman. But it took me almost 50-something years to understand and realize the power of my relationship with the Father. While I knew him on the surface and I knew him on the basis, I found out those times when I was in the valley, when I was in the low place, when I was in the places where I thought that my back was up, up against the wall and I couldn't, I didn't know whether to go to the right or to left, I learned and I continued to be able to look back and understand the power of relationship. So what I do now, because then I understood it in a way where God was helping me and saving me and rescuing me, but now because I understand the power of it, I am so intentional about making sure that I am that I stay connected to him, that I love on him, that I allow him to love on me, that I do everything that is necessary in order to make sure that my relationship with him is strong, that it's powerful, that it's close. It doesn't mean that I won't have the challenges and the disappointments, but what it means that I know that I have this blessed assurance and this hope in him that regardless of what I go through, Whatever I go through, he will be right there with me. So understand that as we talk about I survived and the power of relationships. So 
when this book collaboration was introduced to me, uh, it was introduced to me as a book of, of for women who were going to put together their stories of survival. And the book is a powerful book, and there's the good thing about it, there's 24 of us, and there's so many different stories. And, and it's really holistic in a sense because there are so many there are t- uh, testimonies or chapters in the book uh, that talk about um, uh, healing, the chapters in the book that talk about um, marriage breakdowns, the chapters in the book that talk about um, sons being incarcerated, that talk, talk about people losing babies. There's so many different things that, um, so many different testimonies in this book. And for me, because I survived so much, I survived losing my first son, I survived my marriage breaking down, I I survived my dad dying three weeks later after my baby died, I survived finding my grandfather as an adult and he died, I survived my... um, my mother being diagnosed with cancer and then she, her her uh, passing away and not having a mother no longer now, not having a father. I survived almost dying myself because I had gallstone disease and they kept misdiagnosing me. There's so many things. I survived losing a home. I survived uh, losing finances. I survived losing relationships. I wasn't sure exactly how God was going to direct me in my chapter. And as I prayed about it and I was thinking about it and I just really felt compelled to just talk about uh, the, the, my ability to survive the life that I did not plan for. Because oftentimes, um, especially me as a little girl, I was the daughter who was going to save the world. I was the person who was going to be rich and have all the money. I was the one that was going to be married with a white picket fence and have maybe my mom and dad have four kids. And I was like, okay, well, I can do three or four kids myself. We were going to live it, you know, and be the one who provides for everybody. And a lot of that took place in my life early on. And as I continued to live, I discovered that my life is not working out and it's not looking like the picture that I painted that's hanging on the wall. It's not looking like that. My my mar- my, my husband is no longer here. I, I, I dreamt about raising my children in the same household with their father because I grew up with my mother and my father and I couldn't imagine having my children in a household where it was only one parent. I couldn't even visualize that. It was so heavy on me even when it happened. I would not even identify myself as a mother because to me saying those words meant failure. It meant that I couldn't keep it together and I couldn't hold it together. And and so I would never even address myself that way. And one time I was in an area where I was a bunch of single mothers sitting around. And by this time I have been successful in it. I was able to buy a home for my children and my kids had everything that they needed and you know, I didn't have money issues. My my ex husband didn't participate in child support and I was able to maintain and hold my own. So I didn't have any issues there. And that's what they were talking about. And they were going through with it. And I'm just sitting there listening to them and I'm listening to them not saying a word because in my mind you will not know that I am a single mother because if I tell you that I am a single mother, you're going to look at me as a failure, and I said not a word, and I got home that night, and God said to me, how dare you, how dare you 
sit there when you are the answer for these single mothers there who are struggling and going through things and you have too much pride in you and and you can open up your mouth and offer some help to them and be able to share with them because you've been there, you're there, and you know how to do it. It jacked me up. It messed me up. And I realized that at that time that I had to learn to embrace where I was and that God was with me. So my chapter talks about being able to continue to move forward, although nothing went according to plan. And the thing that I so love about God and the thing that I so loved about my relationship with him is that now I understand and now I'm clear about that there's nothing that can happen to me. There's no situation that can happen and can be manifest that will cause him to walk away from me. And although my baby died and left me and my ex-husband walked away and left me, and my dad left and walked away, and he left me, and my grandfather died, and he left me. God made a promise to us that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he would be with us always into the end of the world. But how can I know all of this, and how can I uh, understand that when I'm going through all of this and that I was open myself to be able to embrace God for who he was, I had to have a relationship with him. I had to make sure in my heart and mind that regardless of what happened, regardless of how I felt, that I had this relationship with the Father that helped me bring it through because for a long time I took the relationship that I had with those men in my life who left me and I put God in that same category. That's why when my marriage ended, I said to God that, Lord, listen, I met my quota. I said this earlier. I met my quota. And because I met my quota, I'm not doing this ministry thing anymore. I'll never stop loving you because I've been with you long enough to know that you're a loving God. But you know what? If I get close to you, you're going to walk away with me just like they did. And it wasn't until I understood and I sat in his presence and I began to pray. And this time, pray and listen and not pray from a place of pity because what happens when we're in situations and we go through things and we get on our face and we begin to cry out to God. And I'm not saying that's not a bad thing to do because we do need to come to him. He said, cast all your cares upon me because I care it for you. And he said that we can make our supplications known unto him. He said we can cry before him. But oftentimes we do it in the mindset. We get in pity mode. And when we're in pity mode, we can't hear the direction. We can't hear the strategies. We can't hear the things that he desires to say to us to give us that ability to bounce back from where we are and to be able to stand up in the royalty that he has called us to move in. But when I finally sat down and I said, okay, God, my tears coming down my face, and I said, okay, Daddy, because now I'm I'm starting to know him as Daddy. Now I'm understanding that this relationship that I have for him is, is conforming, is going from him being a God that I just reverence to him being my father, to him being my daddy, for me being able to say Abba to him. And when I say those words, I sense and I feel the love of the Father. And once I begin to do that, I got an understanding that if I made time with him, I got an understanding that if I stayed close to him, I got an understanding that if I acknowledge him in all my ways that he would direct my path, then I begin to understand the importance of relationship. 
each and everything that I went through, each and everything that I experienced, when I began to go and look back and I said, you know what, God was with me each and every step of the way. He walked with me. He talked with me. He covered me. And when I did those things that I know I shouldn't have done, when I did those things that should have killed me, his loving arms covered me and he kept me close to him simply because of the prayers that I have prayed before. So when I talked about survival and I talked about being able to uh, see life in a way that I understand that each and everything that God has done and each and everything that God allows in our lives, he is simply connecting the dots and he's creating a masterpiece. He's creating a picture that at the end of the day we'll be able to look at this picture and understand that we are the answer, that we are an answer, that we have so much value, not only for ourselves, but we have so much value and we can take this value and go ye into the world and compel them to come in. We can go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. We can go ye in all through the world and just teach them about the love of Jesus, but the relationship is key to all of that. I was able to survive in living the life that I did not envision as a young girl or even in my younger years because of my relationship with him. And now today, even when I I go out and I, I share uh, at different places and I talk about different things and they may have the topic of discussion for that particular workshop or conference or everything, but I always bring it back to the power of relationship. We look in the Old Testament, Elijah, when he went into the cave and, and, and um uh, Jezebel sent out the word that she was going to kill him. God was able to strengthen him simply because of relationship. God was able to speak to Abraham because of relationship. He was able to do what he did in Paul's life because of relationship. He was able to do what he did with Samuel and David and so many others throughout because of relationship. And sometimes the relationship is not said. Hannah, she got on the face and her face is she began to cry out to God because she needed to know how she was going to get the the uh, promise that was on the inside of her out. She needed that promise that was on the inside of her to be able to be birthed out of her. When she got on her face and she began to pray, God did what he did because of relationship. Yeah, we don't see a long written out story there that talks about how she prayed to him all the time, how she talked to him all the time. But when she got to that point when she was broken and she didn't know what else to do, the fact that she knew to get on her face and have a conversation with the father, that lets me know that she understood relationship. Even Mary, when when the angel came to her and she was carrying Jesus, she got an understanding of relationship because the relationship is the thing that will allow you to believe the promise. God has made so many promises to us, and he's given us so much in his word. He's given us so much, but when you allow him to establish that relationship, and when you say yes, when he woos you, when he 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 brings you in, and he, he lets you know that he wants to be one with you, when you say yes, 
then it is that relationship that gives you the revelation uh, that you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, that you are a woman of virtue, that you are a man of valor. That's the time when you understand. I do want to read to you. There's so many scriptures that came to my mind when I wanted to when I was thinking about what I wanted to share tonight, but I want to read uh, Romans, the eighth chapter, and it's well known, and, and a lot of people know this, but I want to read this to you because I want to encourage you because what I see what happens is that things sometimes we, because of the things that we do that we know we shouldn't do, because of our times of disobedience, because of things that we do, we think that it makes us a candidate to be unloved by God. But God loves us despite of. He loves us regardless. His love for us is unconditional. I want to read to you, and I'll read this out of the New Living Translation. This is Romans, the eighth chapter. And this is when I come as a reminder. And it says, Romans, the eighth chapter, I'm going to read verse 31. It says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but he gave him up for all, for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dare accuse us of whom God has chosen for his own? No one for God himself has given us the right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or uh, persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No Despite all these things, overwhelmingly victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be unto God. That lets me know right there. And it says it. I don't even have to say anything else about it because there is nothing that can separate us. So if there's nothing that can separate us, we are forever his. And when we become intentional about building our relationship with him, when we become intentional about loving him, when we become intentional about studying his word, then those are the things that allow us to be able to to survive anything and everything that we experience. What do we need to do? Yes, we need to spend time with him. Spending time with him means sitting in his presence, in his presence as fullness of joy and at his right hand, 
pleasures forevermore. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When we get in his presence, when we sit before him, then we get to know him. We get to experience ourselves with him. And, and see, I used to pray a long time ago. I used to say, God, show me me. Show me me in my prayer time. I'm like, God, show me me. And in doing so, tears are running down my face. And it's like I just feel so so bad and so condemned and so guilty because I'm constantly looking at me. I'm looking at my faults and my weaknesses and my shortcomings. And then something happened. One day I said, God, I stopped praying, God, show me me. I said, God, show me you. Because now when I see you, I experience your glory, your manifested presence. And then when I see you, I see me through you. And then I will be able to see that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I begin to see that I've been created in your image and in your likeness. When I look at myself through you, I know who I am. And that made that was a, a huge shift in me because now my focus is on him. So when I see him, I choose to worship him in spirit and in truth. I choose to worship him for who he is. I choose to praise him for what he's done. I choose to praise him as the true and living God. So now my outlook and my mindset and it it causes me to look again, and I'm not walking around with my head hung low, and I'm not feeling like I am not loved, but because I have relationship, he is always with me. Then the other thing is to study his word. There is so much power in God's word. There's so much power in his word, and I, and I had to learn to really sit and dissect it in a way. Because for many of us from back in the day, we were taught that we only used the King James Version and we thought all these other translations were satanic. And, and yes, there are some things that have been proven by some of them, but for the most part, if you stick with the the core of that scripture, God will allow your mind to be illuminated and you'll get revelation from it. So now when I'm sitting and I'm reading my word, I'm, I have this translation, I have that translation, I'm reading the different translations so that this word can become rhema to me, that as I'm reading it as a logos, I'm dissecting it and I'm chewing it like cow chews the cud and, and I'm chewing it and, and, and it's breaking down to me and it's coming and it's becoming things and the things that people can't answer for me. I find it in the word. Um, I believe it's Joshua, the first chapter in the eighth verse, and he said, meditate upon this word. When you meditate upon the word, that's when you have good success. So when you get in his presence and you study his word, because his word just tells you what his heart is, his word tells you what he thinks of you, his word tells you about how he feels concerning different situations, his word is so real and it's so true. And when you take time not to just read it in your intellect, but read it where it just feels like life to you, you'll understand that that's, that's your daddy and your daddy is talking to you and he's giving you the words of life that you need to be able to be successful and effective in the earth. 
and then prayer. We talk about prayer, and that's one of my most favorite subjects. And like Minister Ginger said, back in the day, we were taught to pray about everything. When my ex-husband and I, we were going through things, and you just, you pray. And while you pray, you sweep it up under the carpet. While you pray, you push it up under the rug. While you pray, you don't say anything to anybody. You praying and you dying. You praying and you dying because you're just doing a form of praying. But then when you spend time with him and you know his word, now you know how to pray strategically. Now you know how to pray coming from a place where a child who is talking to his father, a child who is talking to his daddy, now you know that God says that his word would not return unto him void, but it will accomplish the things that he sent it to do. Then you get an understanding that his word is quick and powerful and sharper than each two-edged sword, that it, it divides, it rightly divides. Then you get an understanding that you can uh, make him remember. You can bring his words before him. And sometimes when you don't know the words to say, then you pray his word, and it causes great things to happen. It's basic stuff. It's basic stuff that we know, but it's basic stuff that we're not intentional about doing in order to get a result and an outcome that will cause us to live victorious lives. There's something about prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe the fervent and effectual prayer of the righteous man or woman availeth much. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, and I believe that our prayers are just a communication with him, just being in his presence, because sometimes when when you're in his presence, you just want to be still and know that he is God. When you're in his presence, you want to sit, and when you listen, but when you're praying, you're opening up your mouth. You're talking to him. You're reminding him of the promises that he made unto us that are yea and nay. Amen. When we're praying, we're speaking his word. When we're praying, we're calling those things that be not as though they were. When we're praying, we're believing and we're understanding that that prayer at its most basic level is simply talking to someone who knows and loves you more than anyone does. And that right there is so powerful to me. It is so powerful to me. So when we spend time in his presence, when we read his word, and when we pray, we will get an understanding that the relationship that we need with God is mandatory. And when you have the relationship, you can, you shall, and you will survive anything and everything that comes your way. The only way, the only true way to get through is to be able to get through knowing who your daddy is, get through being connected with your daddy. And once you do that, everything that he has promised you, everything that he has spoken over your life, every situation, every circumstance, he will allow it to come to pass. Now, listen to me when I say this, because we mentioned this earlier about um, as believers, and we, we don't think that uh, bad things should happen to us and we feel a certain type of way and some people will make us feel like when things don't go our way that we don't have enough faith. But when you have relationship with God, it's just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they put them in the fiery furnace that even if our God does not deliver us, we know that he can. Even if our God does not come through, we know that he can. Relationships and God, I don't love you because of what I think you can do for me. The relationship 
relationship with him is, God, I love you because you first loved me. I love you because you are the true and living God. And whatever your perfect will is for me, I am well or it is well with my soul. Then we quote Romans 8 and 28, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and to them who are the call, called according to his purpose. So when we talk about praying, when we talk about being in his presence, when we talk about reading his word, we understand that challenges will come. The weapons will form. We know that they will form, but they will not prosper. So we don't walk this journey and we don't walk this life getting mad at God because things don't happen the way that we happen. I have trademarked pray first. Pray first. I have that trademark. That's my trademark. And it simply means I say that make prayer the first response in every area of your life. Simply put, pray first. But I don't tell you when I say pray first that it means that everything that you want to happen the way you want it to happen is going to happen. What it means when you pray first, it releases the peace of God that passes all understanding, and that peace uh, releases the spirit of endurance, and that spirit of endurance allows you to walk Walk through your process, and even in our process, we don't pray, God, bring us out. We pray, God, bring us through, because we know that in the midst of the process, when God brings us through, we don't abort the lessons. We pay attention to the lessons. We get the lessons that he has designed for us. We get the lessons that he wants us to know, and in that, we are not just thinking that our past dictates our future, but we know that our past will teach us lessons of blessings that we can use to empower us today. So we have to get clarity and understanding of how this works. We're not loving God and serving him for him to do what we want him to do for us. We're loving him. We're serving him because we're walking out this purpose that he has placed on our lives, knowing that because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We love him. We love him simply because. So whatever his perfect will is for our lives, we surrender to that. I thought that I was going to be married forever. I put my name on a list of permanent with a permanent marker. At least I thought I did. I thought I was going to have the husband. And if I was married today, we would be celebrating 36 years of being together with the two children. And, well, actually, I have three children. One of my children, my, my son died. And, and I thought all of this great and wonderful and mighty things were going to happen my way. But I still have this wonderful life. And it did. if I had to write my own story, it wouldn't look like this. But I'm telling you that the story and the life that I have is beautiful because I've learned to embrace this journey that I'm on. I've learned to embrace everything that God has given me, and I've learned to embrace and accept what God has allowed. So I'm able to survive in anything and everything that I experience simply because I have relationship with my daddy, and that is the Father God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the creator of life. I love him, and I adore him, and I'm grateful to him that even in my lowest of lows, he has a way of comforting me through the Holy Spirit and allowing me to be able to 
stand and look again and continue to move forward and pressing, knowing that although I may have survived in the past, that my survival continues and that because he loves me so much that he has an expected end for me that is going to cause him to get the glory in everything that I say and do. So I celebrate this day to day. I celebrate the life I have, and I survive simply because I have relationship with him. Minister Ginger. Amen. What a powerful teaching. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. It's so, so excited. So I'm telling you, if you're listening live or if you're listening to the replay, this is a right now word, especially if you are a female and you have some different things, different struggles going on in your life and you're trying to uh, determine or figure out how am I going to make it through? How am I going to survive this? You know, Again, you may be going through a, a strained um, marriage, or maybe you're going through a divorce right now, and you're trying to figure out how you're going to make it on the other side, how you're going to survive. Play this over and over again and listen to it over and over again, because God will never leave you. Uh, he's going to be with you every day, no matter what you go through. And it's not, you know, a, a lot of times things come up in our lives that we Unexpected that we never thought, definitely would not, as you said, if I would have written my own story, it wouldn't look like this. But as long as I'm led by the Spirit of God, I know that my story will end on a good note. My story will end with give, by giving Him the the uh, giving all the glory to God. And so, if you are a woman or a man, but you know we're celebrating women. So if you are a woman and you're maybe struggling with your identity. You know, uh, especially African-American women, you know, push through that. Get past that fear barrier and start walking in the knowledge of God, walking in the grace of God and walking in the steps that he's ordered for your life. Because when you do that, then you're on a spiritual track that no one can take from you. Uh, you can walk away from it. You can walk to the, turn away from from what you're supposed to be doing, but if you're led by the Spirit of God, you're the children of God. And so this is an awesome, awesome teaching that Marcella provided for us on tonight. Please listen to the replay again. Get your chats out. Take notes. Um, we're going to give you some contact information, how you can reach her. Maybe you have um, uh, a women's group, or maybe you have a ministry in your in your ministry where you can she can come out and and speak to the people who are struggling in your city, in your church, wherever, you know, and share her testimony and then teach them. You know, uh, the Word of God spends there's a lot of scriptures on teaching people. And so uh, as you can hear, she definitely has that teaching gift. And she really, it just flows through you, Marcella. And I'm just grateful that you uh, joined us on tonight. Um, do you have any uh, programs or anything happening right now or coming up um, that that people can connect with you and become a part of your your community. I have um, um, this Saturday. I'm doing a group mentoring. I had so many uh, women who wanted who reached out and asked me to mentor them, and it's just impossible for me to do it one on one right now for where my schedule is. So I'll be doing a group mentoring um, on this Saturday with some women, and it's going to be an amazing thing. Um, we're going to have some clarity on purpose, and, and I'm just making myself available to them for four hours. They'll have me for four hours, and we're going to sit and we're going to have conversation, and I'll be there for four hours. Um, next month on May 4th, 
Um, my nonprofit does an annual event and called Empower Me, and it's a day of empowerment. And what we do, we have professionals come in and we have workshops all day from 10 to 4. The workshops include um, expungement. Um, there's an attorney who comes in and talks about expunging records for, you know, anything people may have done in the past mm-hmm. or talking, giving them information about it. Uh, we have someone who's coming and talking on credit matters. We do how to uh, how to uh, interviewing techniques, home buying, uh, self care, the power of communication, and it's a bunch of others that I just can't think off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But the the, mo- the mission for this day is to provide information and resources that help people live a, a more productive life. So that's the um, the other thing that I have coming on that that's immediate. And then in June, the end of June, I do my annual for my nonprofit our annual prayer breakfast. Um, I am available for individual uh, power sessions, but those are just it's a limited uh, it's a four week mm-hmm. get an hour a week. Um, I do have power sessions where we go over we talk about. Uh, purpose rediscovery, we talk about uh, distractions and the things that help um, well identify the things that help people that keep people stuck um, and then we we create one let them walk away with one action step that they can take so that they can at least be in movement um, and for the month of March, I was so blessed I had the opportunity to uh, do a lunch and learn at a bank um, for four weeks. Once a week they had me come in for an hour and we talked about be, embrace, live, and love. And that's like my main message, uh, being a part of your own rescue, embracing your own journey, living on purpose, and loving yourself to life. And then for them, the um, the other piece, it was called moving from where you are to where you really want to be. And even in the corporate setting, it was so powerful because even when I opened the floor for Q&A, um, they always they bring ask me about me. So then in asking me about me, I get to share with them that I'm a woman of faith. And then when situations come, I get through them because of my relationship with God. So God is so strategic and is so powerful in terms of um, giving us opportunities to get closer to Him and to do the things that we need to do to be better. So um, those are the things that I have going on right now. Uh, and they can always reach out to me for additional things because I'm doing stuff all year long. Okay. And so how can they get in contact with you? So they can, you can, um, on Facebook I have a, um, my my personal page is full in terms of friends. So you can go to my uh, business page, which is um, Marcella D. Moore, and then it'll say speaker, author, mentor, like that. Um, they can reach out to me there. They can go to my website, um, which is MarcellaDMoore.com, and they can put in, uh, go to the contact information, or they can send an email to info at MarcellaDMoore.com. I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter at SellaDMotivate. Um, so definitely all social media. But, yes, I am. Uh, they can reach out to me on those ways. Those ways. Okay. Amen. Amen. So we want to just thank you again for joining us on tonight. It was a powerful evening. I'm so excited. And maybe we can do more things together, not just wait for uh 
the National Women's History Month that come around every year or celebrating women yes. every year, especially since you're doing something all year long, you know. Um, and so as I did one or two other people, I will open it up to you as well. You could always contact me and say that you want to promote something, want to do a special teaching, whatever it is, just reach out to me and I'll look on the calendar and fit you in so that you can have the platform um, to even get in front of some more people. And so um, if you are uh, listening by Internet, um, if you go into the description, um, the episode description, you will see her uh, website address. And if you click that, then you can go over and take a look at everything that's going on. So thanks again, Marcella, for joining us on tonight. I'm so excited. And I pray God's blessings upon you. And before we close, I will give you any last comment, time for any last comments you would like to make. Well, thank you again so much for just allowing me to share with you on this platform tonight. I appreciate you, and I'm definitely going to take you up on uh, that offer, and definitely because you have proven yourself to be a woman of integrity and and character and definitely God, God loving. And I'm, I thank you for that. So I just want to encourage everyone to know that God loves you unconditionally. Um, I, I need somebody to write that down, wherever you are, just unconditionally. God's love for me is unconditional. So he loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, what you said, what your past has been like. Understand that he loves you so much. And it's as if we're in this Easter time of the year, and we know the resurrection. And I'm telling you, God's resurrection power is so real. He can He can bring you up. He can take you from wherever you are. And he can love you back to life, but you just have to give him an opportunity. He's such a gentleman. He doesn't force himself. If you would just open your mouth and say, yes, I'm telling you, I know. There was a time I was not in purpose. I was living. I was loving him, but I wasn't in purpose. And now, because of how this world is and the season that we're in, you need to get in purpose. So say yes to him. Get in purpose. Remember his love. And just remember that you are his. You're his baby girl. You're his son. And he just wants a one-on-one relationship with you that, that if you give him that opportunity, he'll literally blow your mind. Trust me when I tell you. So to God be the glory. And I'm grateful because relationship with him is powerful. Amen. Amen. So thank you all once again uh, for joining us on this evening. I pray that you have a restful and peaceful uh, sleep and rest on tonight and that the rest of your week is successful and that God's blessings and favor will be up on your each of your lives uh, daily. God bless you. Once again, I'm Minister Ginger London of GingerLondon.com. Take care. And again, Marcella, thank you so much for joining me on tonight. Thank you. God bless. God bless.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.